Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have you guys today. So we are going to dive into one of my most favorite topics on the planet. Um, I'm pretty sure I was born in this weird way in which I have always kind of been this way. So today's topic, if you saw from the title, is all about attacking inefficiencies in your business. Okay. So quick little story why I'm like so qualified to have this topic. <laughs> Aside from the fact that I've spent the last eight years in the industry, in the business world, really doing this every single day, looking for the inefficiencies, fixing them, finding the ways we can make things work better. That is literally what I've done for the last eight years in my career. But on top of that, I, I'm such a weirdo. I read all the books about how to make things run smoother, um, how to um, find those inefficiencies, how to build a better system. Um, I'm certified in Six Sigma. So I have all these different like different ideologies of how to attack it. But taking all that away for a second, I think sometimes there's certain innate skills or certain innate gifts that you're given when you're born, right? And it's so funny because I didn't, like when you're a kid, you don't realize that it's different or that it's special or that it's a gift because it's just how you are, right? So I totally had this experience and I realized that as an adult when I look back. So I have always been this kid that um, wanted to take the least amount of steps as possible, not from a lazy standpoint, but from like a, can I do it faster, better? So I remember growing up, we had horses and, um, I would be responsible to feed horses in the morning, um, or, you know, pack for a horse show or whatever it was that we were getting ready to do. And, um, I would always like, before I went to do it, I like map it out in my head. Like, okay, if I walk from the barn over to the trailer, if I grab the wheelbarrow, I can grab the four things from the barn that need to go in the horse trailer. And then the three things from the horse trailer, I can go around. And then I, when I drop that off in the hay room, I can grab the hay and then come back. Like I would literally make a plan of the way in which I was going to walk around our, our barn or like our area to be like the most efficient ways possible. I would do the same thing when I fed in the morning, like I would have like feed out and I would, I would do the things that would make it the most efficient possible way to do it. And as a kid, I just thought that's like how you did it just made sense. That's how you do it. Um, And as an adult, it's so funny looking back that like your gifts are there, right? And you, and even if you don't recognize that they're there, like you're, they're building and they're getting stronger. Um, and this is why I'm such a believer and it's kind of getting off a little bit, but I promise it'll make sense. I'm such a believer in strength-based education and looking at what are your strengths. Strength Finder is a great tool for that. If you haven't used Strength Finder, I like it. You take a little test. It tells you what your strengths are, but really focusing on what are you really good at? Because if once you realize what your strengths are, It really helps you to focus on the right thing and make those even better because that's the thing you can be world class at. That's the thing that is so naturally easy for you, but is so hard for other people. So like even as I'm telling this story and for me, like it was so natural to to do things a certain way from an efficiency standpoint. um, Not everybody's that way. And I'm sure there's some of you listening to this and you're like, girl, you're crazy. Like I would never do that. Just get it done. Right. And I noticed that even with my husband, like him and I are wired very differently. And like I like. I still do it. It's just, it's just, it's, it's not even like conscious. I subconsciously make a plan of how I'm going to walk around the house, right? Or like whatever I'm about to do. And it's so funny because I watch him do stuff and I'm like, that took twice as long as you needed it to. Like, why, how would you not think to do it different? And he's just not wired that way. Um, he has amazing gifts. They're just different than mine. Um, and so it's so funny that, you know, we have these gifts and if you really can hone in and figure out what they are, you can focus on those gifts. And here's where this is kind of the first inefficiency tip is when you are at the point where you know what your gifts are, 
you can hire people to help you with the things that aren't your gifts, right? The other piece is when you're running a team, you want them to be working in where their gifts are. Everybody's working in their their thing that's easy for them, that that they're really, really good at. It makes the whole team stronger, right? So this is like one piece of this is it's really important when it comes to attacking inefficiency in your life, in your business, um, with your team, is really recognizing what are you really good at and what are the things that are really hard for you, okay? Now, just because things are hard for you doesn't mean that you're not going to do them, but there is a line where those things actually take more energy from you and you're really more efficient to have them done by somebody where it's their, it's their magic. It's their zone of genius. It's their thing. And, and you can do this very strategically when you're very intentional to know what are your strengths and what are the things that are really hard for you? What are their strengths? What are the things that are really hard for you, hard for them? So I'll give you an example. I've told you about my strengths. When it comes to my my drain, my weakness, it's getting into like the details when it comes to numbers. So I get really bogged down when it comes to like the itty gritty details of numbers. I love the high level numbers. I love seeing the reports like I love looking at a balance sheet or an income statement or a P&L, that high level version of the information. But if you want me to go do all the bookkeeping of every single receipt, I just get my my mind just starts to go. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm sure that some of you listening to this and you're like, oh, my gosh, that is my favorite thing to do. And and there is a place in the world for you. And I so appreciate your skill set. But there's a time when it no longer serves me to spend that much time in that. And I'm better off seeing if I can get somebody to trade with. So my husband is somebody who loves to get in all those numbers like I'm talking about. Like he would literally pull every single receipt, dig through every single detail so that he can make sure it all matches exactly perfectly and like all the things reconciliation. Um, so when it comes to delegating tasks in our in our home, we delegate them accordingly. Right. Like I'm going to do I'll look at the high level numbers and 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 deduce what the decisions I want to make or how I want to move forward or things like that. But when it comes to the nitty gritty reconciliation and all of that, like that's just. It literally drains me so much. Um, and so this is really important when it comes to inefficiencies in your business and in your life. You really have to look at what drains you. Now, for the record, I'm not condoning you to not do things that drain you if they need to get done, right? Um, so if you're at a point in your business, you're at a point in your life where you don't have someone to delegate that to, you don't have somebody who's a better fit for that than you are, but it needs to get done. This is not a pass to not do it, okay? But it's extremely important to recognize what these things are early on because they're the first things that you are going to want to hire for or get help for or to delegate to um, in when it's time to do that. And so one thing I will tell you, if you're looking at hiring your first team member or you're looking at delegating your first your first items, there's a lot of ways to skin that. You don't have to just hire a full-time employee or a part-time employee. Um, there's a lot of great resources in like virtual assistants or um, other 1099 type situations. So 1099 would be like an employee or somebody who's working for you as a contractor. Um, and there's a lot of resources specifically like talking about um, managing reconciliations and things like that. There's virtual CFOs, there's bookkeepers. So just because you're ready to delegate a task doesn't necessarily mean that you have to hire a full employee and be all the way at that level. So keep that in mind when it comes to scaling your business. You don't have to go from zero to a thousand when it comes to your team. You can do that in a way that's um, far simpler through contracting 
Um, so that's something we'll talk about that on another podcast. I'm so sure because I know, um, in a future, um, insiders community, uh, event, event masterclass, uh, we're going to talk all about this. So I know for sure it'll come up on the podcast in the future, but okay. So attacking inefficiencies. First thing is knowing your zone of genius, knowing what is really, really, really fun for you and your strength for you. And on the, on the counterpart of that, knowing the things that are really hard for you or that are, that are a drain for you. Because those things take your energy, which make you inefficient. Um, when you know what those things are, it's really important that you build your schedule around that. So generally speaking, people who, um, not people who, nothing, all people usually have more energy in the morning. Which generally speaking, that's how it works. Um, know where your energy is in the day. So some people have more energy in the afternoon. I personally am like jamming when it comes to the morning time, you know, like, like 9, 30, 10. I, ironically enough, when I'm recording this podcast, it's 930. Um, that is kind of where my energy is. So I put the things there that that fuel me. But also, I definitely make sure I do a, at least one of the things in that area that take away my energy a little bit um, if I need to get them done, because I already have a lot of natural energy. So that's just a little tip when it comes to productivity. Um, so next big thing when it comes to attacking inefficiencies is really understanding how your business moves. Okay. So I have a lot of worksheets and tools on this that I work with my clients with. Um, we have, I have a simplified system. So I have a system that makes it really simple for you to walk through this. Um, but one of the first steps of a simplified system, um, and I take my clients through this is really identifying how your business moves. Okay. So when I say that, what I mean is how do clients move through your business? How does that process happen? Okay. And when I say process, I know everyone's like, oh, process. I don't have one of those. We're not that official. So if something is getting done, if you are selling your product and it's getting mailed or you're selling your service and you're, and you're taking care of, of actually giving the service to your client, there is a process. It is happening, right? So if something is being completed, there's a process that, that's happening. Now it may not be intentional. It may not be efficient, but it's happening. Okay. So the first step to really attacking inefficiencies in your business and in your life is recognizing how things are happening now. So one of the first steps I do with all of my clients when I run them through the simplified system is to start with mapping out each of their key processes, each of their key things and how they're happening. Okay. So when I say map it out, I mean literally how does this happen? And so in, in this month's um, Insiders Community uh, Masterclass, we are going to be walking through how to do this, okay? So if you're listening to this podcast um, and it is not May of 2021, that's totally fine. Um, this masterclass will be available so you can go to my website and check it out. Um, but we are literally going to step-by-step step walk through how you map out a process in your business. Um, why is this important? It sounds super boring. I know. Well, to me, it's not at all. It's like absolutely, it sounds like so much fun. But to you, I'm sure you're like, what a waste of time. Why would I want to do that? When you sit and really think about how things move through your business and you literally draw and you follow through, we use a chart, we have a whole system. You can quickly start to see where things are happening that are inefficient. So Every time someone has to manually touch something that could be automated, unless that manual touch is part of your client experience. So I am not a person who believes that you should automate everything. I think that depending on how you want your business to feel, most of the clients I work with 
um, are wanting an outstanding customer experience. And I think that communication through automation is great, but I do think that personal touch is super important when you're creating an amazing client experience. So I'm not saying you should automate everything, but there are pieces within your steps that are happening that could be automated that them being done manually does not add any value, okay? But it's really hard to see this when you're trying to do it all in your head, and it's really hard to see it if you haven't really sat down and visually mapped out how this thing is happening, okay? So once you visually map it out, first thing you want to look at, where do we have manual intervention that doesn't add value to the process, right? That doesn't add value to the service or the product that we are giving, okay? Those are, it's a great place to attack inefficiency because when you're paying someone, even if it's yourself, to manually do something that doesn't necessarily have to be done manually to add value to the process, you're inefficient. You're spending money on something that doesn't actually add value, okay? So that's a great first place to start. Another big one to look at is where you have approvals and requests. Okay, so depending on what your process is and depending on how many people you have engaging with your process, things like requests or approvals can be bottlenecks. Okay, so um, if the request or approval is completely necessary, keep it there. I'm not I'm not saying you shouldn't have approval. I think they're extremely important when it comes to managing your business, but they need to be done in such a way that they can automatically move through your process and not become a stopping point in everybody else's efficiency. Um, a great way to do this is to set standards for how long people have to approve um, or deny those requests or approve or deny those um, those adjustments or approvals. Um, and that way, everyone's on the same page of what the expectations are. Um, so everyone can plan around that, because if I know I submit something and I it's, it takes two days for them to reply or they have up to two days to reply, approve, deny, whatever then I will plan myself and my schedule around allowing that time. And it allows the whole team to be more efficient. And always when there's standards like that, it allows for team members to not be pissed at each other waiting on things because everyone knows exactly what the expectations are and everyone's on the same page of the standards. So people aren't frustrated like, oh, I feel like I've been waiting forever, but forever is different for everybody, right? So if everyone knows that this process, there's you get two days to approve or two hours to approve, then someone isn't setting an approval, waiting 30 minutes and getting frustrated because they haven't gotten a response yet. Right. So this is a big thing for efficiency. And it's something that I don't think people quite give enough credit to is if you're frustrated, annoyed, pissed off or in any way in a negative attitude, it's extremely inefficient. It takes a ton of your energy um, and it distracts you from focusing on what really matters. And so it's one of those kind of um, hard to identify intangible ones because um, it's really hard to measure like, oh, were you pissed off during that time frame? Is that why you didn't get as much done? But if you think back to your own experiences when you've been frustrated with a team member or frustrated um, with the way something was going or um, just mad overall, how how good at you? How good were you at doing what you were doing? How focused were you? Um, how good did everything go? Right. So it's really important that your processes don't have places where they can cause frustration or um, people being mad because it'll slow your whole team down. Um, so that is the big one. So for starters, map out how your process flows. How does this thing and it can be you can you can do this for every 
you can do for your whole business big picture. You can do it for like processes within your business. So like client onboarding, if you're doing like a service based business or um, product shipping or um, product inventory. Right. Like depending on what your business is, um, you can do it on scheduling. If you have a service based business, how is how does scheduling go? Um, so all of these different sub processes or different items within your business map out how they move. Um, if this sounds overwhelming to you and you're not exactly sure how to navigate through it, I'm going to be walking the insiders community through this step by step. I'm going to share my screen. I'm going to show you how you physically actually do this um, in a tool. I have a great tool. I use Lucid Charts, but there's a lot of great options for this. And I'm going to show you how to visually do this so that you can actually see the inefficiencies and, and just go right through it. Um, and we're going to just knock it out. You'll have a worksheet. It's going to be so simple. Um, so if you're going to want some help or some handholding and how to do this, um, we're going to be diving into that in the insiders community this month. So if you just go in the show notes, um, you can check it out, um, jump into the community and then, and then we'll, we'll jump right in. Um, so first thing you want to do is map out visually your process. Second thing you want to look at once the process is mapped out is where do you have manual work happening that doesn't add value to your ultimate goal of that process. So where do you have things happening that are being done manually that don't actually add value or make that process better that could potentially be done automatically without having to have a manual intervention? So you, your team member, whatever, getting into it. Next big thing is making sure that you are clear, clear, clear on how you want your process to go, right? How you want it to move. Finding your, and then finding those manual intervention pieces that are not adding value. Okay. This is so fun to do, I think. <laughs> I know if you're listening to this and this is not your zone of genius, this doesn't sound that fun to do. But when you are diving in to attack those inefficiencies, these little things, and honestly, it doesn't take that long, give you so much clarity in where you have opportunity. So once you see where these gaps are, you see these inefficiencies, you see these delays that are happening from approvals or denials or things like that. This is where you can attack right there and figure out how can we make this better, right? So if you have all those manual intervention pieces, what tool or resource or way can we eliminate those from the process? We still need to make the thing happen, but how can we make it happen better, right? When it comes to those approvals and denials, like I was talking about being so important that, that they're timely and that your team is all on the same page of expectations within the process. This is so key. Where can you set better expectations? Where can you clean up those pieces that may be frustrating your team and taking all of the energy and efficiency out of your process purely because people don't have the same expectations of how long something should take? Okay. So there's like a thousand other ways to jump into efficiency and so many things that you can do to really hone in on this, but I want these podcasts to be nuggets that you can take and go and move. I could talk for two hours about this and just bog you down with so many different things, but that's not why we exist in Simplified Success. Everyone can make it complicated. My goal here is to give you guys tangible things that you can do right now. And sometimes that doesn't take as long and you don't need to listen to me talk for two hours, even though I could riff on this forever. So since you've listened to this podcast, what I want you guys to do tangibly in your business sometime in the next week 
okay, is pick one of your processes. Pick one of the ways that people move through your business, whether it's client onboarding, whether it's team onboarding, whether it is your scheduling for your for your um, parties or your uh, services or your events, um, whatever one you want to look at, pay, how people pay, what, whatever you want to look at within your business. I want to challenge you to sit down and map out the process. OK, first, number one, map out the process. Number two, look for those manual intervention points that can be automated in a way that adds value to your process. And three, identify any of those approvals, denials, different things like that, or other bottlenecks that exist in your process that we can clean up. So if all of this sounds like something you want to dive more into, or not necessarily want to, but know that you need to, and you want some more help, jump in the insiders community. I will walk you guys through all of this. And then as part of the insiders community, we'll do the training and then we'll do a live Q and a like a week or two later where you guys can ask all the questions as you went to do this yourself. Um, so I'm super excited to offer that and have that available. If you're ready for that kind of next step to have some support and help in making this happen. Um, but what I want you guys to do as a challenge from this podcast is to take the next step. So if the next step for you is to join the insiders community um, and we'll do this together. Great. Awesome. Can't wait to have you. If the next step for you is to just navigate this from the podcast, please do it. Okay. Do this for yourself. Do this for your business so that you can start to get a better idea of what you're trying to create. Right. And, and really start to get an understanding of what you're giving now. Right. Like what is the experience that people have when they engage in this process today? Because it's happening, whether you've uh, whether you've intentionally built the process or not. These things are happening in your business. And so it's super important that you take a little time and really figure out how does that feel to your client, vendor, customer, whoever? And is that what you want for them? And honestly, how does it feel to you and your team members when it comes to getting it done, right? So if it's great for your client, but your team members are just like dragging and it's so crazy and so manual and so hard on the backside, that's not, that's not what we want, right? We want our business to be great for us, great for our team, great for our clients, great for our vendors, right? And so this is the first step that you can take in making it better for everyone is really recognizing what's happening now and where are your opportunities. So that is your first step to attack some inefficiencies in your business. And um, I cannot wait to talk to you guys on the next episode. I hope you have a most amazing day and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.